I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. Welcome to Pardon My French, live from Monaco. I am Ingrid Delamar Kenny and I am your host. Um, you're going to have to bear with me. This is going to be my first ever podcast when it comes to my own. So I am here by myself with a few of the questions that you guys have sent me on Instagram, which I've recorded and I'm going to answer them. Um, I'm sure that we will be listening to this podcast maybe six months from now and realize how freaking bad I was at this. But I guess we all have to start somewhere and practice makes perfect. So bear with me. I might not be the professional podcaster you expect, but at least I'm going to get the word out a little bit and get to answer some of your questions. A lot, a lot of the questions have been about Inulin. And I'm not sure I'm going to answer all of them on this podcast because one thing I never wanted the podcast to be about was about pitching, advertising, plugging my business or other people's businesses. I'm not saying at some point we won't have sponsors, but I will definitely make sure that, first of all, if we were to have sponsors, they would be compatible with what I do that I would love their product, that I would uh, swear by their product. Um, and I would want to make sure that it's not flooding your ears. I know it can be quite annoying, even if that's part of life and we have to advertise and have sponsors to make things work and take time out of our busy work day um, to, to get a podcast out there. But right now, the purpose of this podcast is really to give back to my wonderful community. You guys have been so good to me. This podcast has come along after I was featured on the Skinny Confidential and talking to Lauren and Michael, they both kept on saying, Ingrid, you're going to need a podcast. People want to hear so much from you. And I, I just, I don't want to say I didn't have the confidence, but I just didn't think anyone cared what I had to say. After all, I don't have a PhD in wellness. What I do have is extremely good researching skills because I went to law school and I guess that's part of the strength 
um, of a law student is is research, and I'm really good at that. And it has to be patent, and I have to make sense of it, and I had to make it logical for my audience to understand where I'm coming from when I put out information. And the information I put out there is definitely not opinions. It's more like, okay, I've tried this on myself. I've tried this with my clients, different demographies, male and female, different hormonal stages in their lives, different athletic needs, athletic and fitness needs, different needs and wants as far as their body, whether they're trying to lose weight, they're trying to get in better shape, or they're simply trying to be better competitors or athletes in their disciplines. What I can say is that all the information I put out there comes from raw experience, reattached to research. I was very gung-ho about a few things earlier um, in the year even when uh, the method kind of improved and expanded into a lifestyle rather than just a workout. And then I realized that whatever I was pushing for, like fiber and Gigi crackers, wasn't working for everybody. Uh, myself first. When I become too extra, extra on something, that I start loving something so much that I do it and I do it and I do it, sometimes I realize too much of a good thing is not such a great thing after all. So everything in moderation, that is more of my French mind speaking than the American mind. Americans are more about if something is great, let's do it, let's be extra, extra, and I feel like that's kind of like why people get saturated and often hit plateaus in the results that they're looking for, whether it's weight loss, whether it's wellness, whatever the case may be. I find that when you do too much of something, it, it can backfire. So everything in moderation. And when I'm saying that, I'm not just talking about GT crackers. I'm even talking about inulin. You guys know that I've been an advocate for inulin for a while now. And the reason why inulin came into my life is because I was huge on fiber. Um, you guys have been hearing a lot about it. I know Lauren has put fiber words out there also. She's been great with that. Um, but, you know, growing to French parents, my mother was all about fiber. I mean, the bomb movement the bowel movement was discussed at home. It was like, if you didn't go to the bathroom, she made you that bread full of fiber. Um, it's, it's really something that's the foundation of nutrition in a French household. So my mom, she was always into like fiber crackers, waza, whatever the case may be. She was, she was eating that dark Swedish bread for a while. Um, and then came along the Gigi crackers uh, when I was in New York. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're great. I love them because they're fiber, 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 fiber. But what I've realized is that as we all started this trend of making like Gigi French toast and Gigi pizzas and, you know, all types of Gigi stuff. The bottom line is a Gigi cracker is quite dull. It's not very good. It's not very tasty. And the bottom line is no one eats a Gigi cracker just plain. You use toppers. And the toppers are usually protein, cream cheese, lox, uh, peanut butter, eggs, cheese, whatever the case may be, provolone cheese, um, provolone meat. Um, 
whatever the case may be, it's like you're adding a topper. And the thing is, the Gigi crackers are not a meal. So they were usually a snack. They were an in-between meal kind of thing. And I realized that myself included and my client were going into excess protein. Going into excess protein is not good. We all hear that protein is good for you, lean protein, carbs are bad, lean protein is good. But guess what? Excess protein will eventually cause you to resist, to have insulin resistance in your body. And you do not want that. So if you are one of those people that eats fiber, protein, and, you know, is doing all these crazy calculation, the fiber minus the carb equal whatever, whatever, if you're one of those people and you're hitting a plateau, you might want to look into the amount of protein that you are consuming. It's very, very important to look into too much of a good thing sometimes. So this is how I came across inulin. I started doing a lot of research and then I found out that in Eastern Europe, in countries like Austria and Poland, back in the days, we're going back a hundred years, bread loaves had inulin in them. And the reason for that was that inulin is, is fiber. It's pure fiber. The best ones come from Jerusalem artichoke roots or from chicory roots. Um, and they were milled into a very white powder that mixed well like flour. And when added to those bread loaves, they actually satiated your child, your family, a lot faster and a lot longer than a regular meat, uh, bread loaf. So for people that needed to buy food cost efficiently because they didn't have enough money and they needed to feed a family and they needed their family to not go hungry after a few hours, well, they used to add inulin in their bread. And Eastern Europeans are definitely not the population that is known for any kind of obesity. As a matter of fact, they are known for being quite slim. So I did all this research on inulin. Um, I looked for the pros and the cons. And it looks like inulin works for everyone because pure fiber works for everyone. We all need it. Everybody's guts need fiber. Your good gut bacteria needs fiber. Uh, so it looks like the only people that would need to watch out from inulin are people with uh, FODMAP um, issues, F-O-D-M-A-P issues. And if you don't know what that is, then that means that you don't have a problem with it. So you don't need to be looking into that. But other than that, inulin is good for everyone, even though some people have reported, very few people have reported some temporary side effects like bloating or passing gas. Sorry too much information. But what I have to say to that is, when you take inulin, you're not taking a magic diet pill. Inulin is not originally meant for you to lose weight. It's meant to be a prebiotic that attends to your good gut bacteria. And as we know, now you're becoming very knowledgeable with the gut bacteria, something you never heard about before. You heard about diet, you heard about macros, you heard about calories and carbs and fiber and protein, but you never heard about gut bacteria. Well, today you know your gut has everything to do. Your gut health, your gut flora has everything to do with your weight loss um, and the effects of the food that you eat on your weight loss effort, efforts. 
So that being said, so that being said, um, I, I'm not into restrictions. I'm not into giving you out so many rules. If you're listening to this podcast, thinking you're going to be taking notes, uh, let me tell you, put your pen and notepad down. I am here to tell you that you need to relax a bit more about your body and learn about something that you have had all along, but that you've put on a shelf because you prefer people to tell you how to live your life and eat your food, but those people cannot tell you how to digest your food and how to feel about the food that you eat. And that little thing you've left on the shelf is called your intuition. This is what I'm all about. Eating intuitively, living intuitively, and enjoying intuitively. I don't like diet. Very often you will hear me speaking about my anti-diet approach to eating. And I do believe that if you're here listening to me, it's probably because you've listened to all of the popular stuff out there. The keto diet. Some of you may have even tried Jenny Craig back in the day or Slim Fast. You've gone to spinning classes. You've done cardio and ran out of your mind to God knows where just to end up with a body you're not quite satisfied with. And if that is you that I just described, that's probably why you're here. And it's definitely because you don't want to be hearing about another diet, another plan, another equation. Um, I don't think I would have been in a good place to give you any advice if I still lived in New York. Uh, but definitely, since I've moved to the south of France, my perspective on eating, and more importantly, the way that I treat my body while eating, um, has completely changed. My perspective has changed. The French here, especially in the south of France, in the south of France, um, where people are often not even born on you know this side of France. But they've moved here looking for sun, looking for the sea, and looking for an altogether better lifestyle. Even though they may still be working very hard, they may be a mailman, a garbage man, a housekeeper, an accountant, a salesperson, a CEO, a multi-billionaire, whatever the case may be. Every single one of these people I just described has a way of life here that I can say is all figured out. Why am I saying that? I always wondered why the French can have wine at lunch, wine at dinner, and let me tell you, they do. They might not drink a whole bottle. Like the average French Old-fashioned French person will have a glass of red wine at lunch and another glass of red wine in the evening, let's say. And sometimes they even have a pitcher that they open for the next two or three days and they will serve the adults in the household just one glass of wine. It's not that they polish a bottle. 
No, it's not that. It's a way of life. And they will have lunch between 12 and 2 every day. Everything is closed here between 12 and 2. You can't go to the bank. You can't do your deposits between 12 and 2 during your lunch break. You can't go to the pharmacy. You can't go to the teller. You can't go to the cleaners. You can go to the hair salon. They're open between 12 and 2. But every other business, uh, even some clothing stores, will be closed between 12 and 2. Um, and what this is, what this does is that everybody's pretty much going out at 12, which cuts your day so beautifully in half, whether you've started at 6 p.m., 7 p.m., sorry, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., or even 10 a.m. Whatever time you started, you're stopping at noon because everybody else is. So even if you're one of those people that wants to get things done, let me tell you, if everyone in other departments is closed, you're not going to get much done. You can't get that call in. You can't, you know, go pick up that that cleaners or go pick up your prescriptions you just can't so what you'll have to do is what everybody else is doing which is go to lunch and the french can either prepare their lunch and bring it with them but they will never ever stay at their desk because the office doors closed like everybody closes their office so they'll take their lunch out and they'll either go sit in the sun on a bench um by the shore or by the harbor, or they will go have lunch in a little brasserie or a little cafe with um, one of their co-workers, or they will meet their best friend or their sister or their mom or their cousin for a quick lunch somewhere. And at first, when I arrived here, I thought, wow, everybody's having such a luxurious lifestyle. Like it's for me, it was super luxurious to stop your work day for two hours and even afford to go to lunch. But let me tell you, here, you go to lunch between 12 and 2. At 12.30 p.m., every place is jam-packed. And this formula, so you have a lunch formula, which is like an entree, like an appetizer, and then a plat de resistance, which is the main course, and dessert, and a glass of wine. And that will all be included, and you'll pay maybe less than $15. I'll tell you in dollars, because I know most of you are in the States. Um, and so, yeah, it's at everybody's reach to go out for lunch, even in Monaco, which is considered an expensive town. But what this does is that it gives people time to sit down. And it's very rare that someone will go sit on the bench to eat on their own. They will go sit down with someone the polite way here, the manners has it that between two or three bites, you will put your fork and a knife um, in your plate. You will take a sip of your water, your wine. You will take momentum to look up and speak to the person that's in front of you. You will chew your food slowly because it's very rude to gobble it down. And you will not only work your hand from your plate to your mouth, but never ever will you bring your head closer to your plate. So what that does is, let me try to give you a visual. A French person does not bend over to take a bite of the food that's on their fork. They will take that piece of steak on the fork and then they will lift their elbow up and bring the fork to their mouth all the while sitting straight and never curving their neck to reach their food. And what that does is it gets your food 
to be digested so beautifully through your track because you're sitting straight and at no time do you bend over to have your food. Digestion here is a big thing. You're ha you have two hours to eat. Most of the time you will do it in daylight. Even if it's raining, you'll be in a restaurant, but I mean, it's lunchtime. So you'll be sitting with people. You'll be talking to them. You'll be chewing like the French, which means very slowly. And you will keep your cortisol level low, which is what we want. What's cortisol? Cortisol is your stress hormone. Now, a lot of you have migrated from my Instagram, so you are probably like, ugh, again with cortisol. All she does is talk about that. But guess what? All we've done all up until now is talk about diet and fat and liposuction and carbs and calories. And that hasn't done much for the obesity rate in America now, has it? So maybe it's time we talk about something else. And I'm here to tell you that whether you're a man or a woman, hormones have everything to do with this. Everything. So when I talk about the cortisol level, it's your stress hormone. A lot of us will associate stress with anxiety, sadness, a worry, um, fights. But cortisol levels have to do with that and so much more. The excess of cardio that you can be doing, the impact of the intervals when you're hitting, you know, the, the ground of your treadmill, your spinning class with extremely loud noise and an instructor that's, you know, uh, screaming like it's boot camp, all of that rises your cortisol level up, rises that stress level up. This stress hormone is linked to your adrenal glands and to insulin resistance. What happens is that if your cortisol level goes too high, even while you're doing something that you think is good for you, for the cardiovascular, well, if this, if this cortisol level goes up, your insulin resistance is going to be the cause of your problem. and the thickening of your midsection. So sometimes, and I hear this a lot, and sometimes I give the example and people go, you just described me. I will say to people, what are you eating? And they say, I eat very healthy. I eat vegetables, grilled, no oil. I eat grilled fish. I eat lean meat and poultry. Or, you know, I'm lactose free right now, or I'm gluten free, I'm grain free. And they will tell me mostly what they're not eating rather than what they're eating. And I go to the gym five days a week and I do an extreme amount of cardio. I sweat a lot and I do heavy weights with Russian twists. And my midsection is swollen. Um, these people will recognize themselves and say, you know what? Yeah, that's me. I'm this person. I'm the person that's doing all of this and I should be skinny and skinny and skinny and I should be hot. But instead, I don't like the way my body looks and my midsection is thicker than it's supposed to be. That's because your hormones are acting up and they're not liking the way that your cortisol level is rising. Your digestion 
can rise your cortisol level. If you're eating raw cruciferous vegetables from the fancy crudy table that you were served while you were on vacation in the south of France and you went to La Guerite, well, guess what? You might have been helping the rise of your cortisol level by eating those raw cruciferous vegetables because cruciferous vegetables, if they are raw, are very, very hard to digest. And that's why very very often after raw vegetables, you'll feel bloated. That might even be a cause for weight gain. And more importantly, for measurement um, gain. What I'm saying by that is often your midsection your hips and your waist will feel more swollen when you eat raw vegetables because your digestion your digestion has been so stressful that your cortisol level was rising and you've created insulin resistance so you see i'm not even talking to you about calories and i'm not talking to you about not eating pasta and bread and pizza and fries of course i'm not telling you to eat them either but you need to be looking the other way. You need to be looking at your how, when, and how you feel about it. Let me explain. It's not that simple, but maybe you can see a little bit of the French lifestyle in that. I've said it before. You need to count your calories less. You need to realize that 50% of your weight loss might have to do with how you eat. 20% is going to be what you eat. And 30% is going to be how you feel about it. So if you add up what I just said, actually 80% has a lot to do with how you're eating and how you feel about eating. So about the mind part of eating, your relationship with food whether you're eating emotionally or you're eating to feed and nourish your body. Are you loving your body and your food or are you having a love and hate relationship with it? That's what it's about. And it's a free thing that you can try. You don't need to go buy a book. You don't need to go journal this. You don't need to be accountable to anyone. It's so easy. All I'm telling you is to go have a long-ass lunch and enjoy it and chew on your food and look at the person in front of you, put your fork down, sit straight so that your digestion can be easier. And more importantly, love what you're eating. Look at what you're eating. Don't go get a mixed salad in a plastic bowl. Even if, even if you are in corporate America and my lifestyle here in the south of France is not realistic for you, you can take steps to mimic what the French do. Everyone is allowed a little bit of time for lunch in corporate America. Everyone. Everyone can step away from their computer Go outside, sit somewhere under a tree with a book in hand and take the time to look at the food that they're eating, not in aluminum foil. Buy yourself a nice Tupperware. Buy yourself a Pyrex Tupperware, the kind where it's in glass and it's pleasant to look at. And if you're preparing your meal at home, 
Make sure your vegetables are cooked à l'étouffée, which is slightly smothered for a few minutes, just enough to make them a little bit soft, but not too much so that they could keep their vibrant colors, which will be, which will be titillating to you. And that is a huge part of the satiation factor. Feeling satiated, feeling satisfied has a lot to do with the visual of what you see in your plate. These are things that you can apply. Baby steps. Don't take two hours for lunch. God knows I don't take two hours for lunch unless it's Friday and I know I'm not working in the afternoon and it's the freaking weekend. So, hey, cheers to the freaking weekend. I linger at the port on, at the table for lunch for two hours. But on a, on a weekday when I'm working and I have clients at 2 p.m., but I have from 12 to 2 because no one wants to train with me from 12 to 2. They're all having lunch. So what I'll do is, is I'll go have a 45-minute lunch and I'll take my time and I'll put my phone away and I'll preferably choose to eat with someone so I can also enjoy the conversation and not make this all about gobbling my food. And then the second hour, I will, for example, go to the supermarket to pick out my fresh vegetables and fresh produce to make my dinner. So I will take like 30 minutes for that pit stop. And then, yeah, I'll leave my groceries in my car. Or I'll bring them into, you know, the studio. Um, so they don't perish, but yeah, that's what I'll do with my lunchtime. I'll do something constructive for the second hour while I use the first hour to eat, or I'll go to my hair. That's self-care that brings my cortisol level lower. But those are all tricks of things that you can do with awareness and intuition. So even if the two hour break is not something that's realistic for your lifestyle, especially if you're in the United States and you are partaking in the rat race of whatever profession you are in, which I understand, um, you can take baby steps to say, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more French today. It's possible you don't feel completely informed, reassured, and convinced by this episode. But this is just my intro. I'm just getting my toes wet. Um, and we're going to have more recurrent podcasts where I'll be answering all of your questions. Um, I think the next one we need to be talking about intermittent fasting because that's been a big question the use of inulin but not bypassing using vegetables legumes as your fiber and your nutrients i really don't like the supplementing mentality bypassing eating real food so i kind of want to get more into that and explain where i'm coming from with this thought like i said usually when you get to me and to listen to me, it's because you've been listening, reading, and following all types of other diet programs, holistic stuff. You've been going on restrictions. You ain't gonna find none of that here with me. I don't like restrictions. I like to enjoy my life. That's the same thing with calorie counting. I got an email. No, actually, I got a, a private message the other day on Instagram, and I was dumbfounded by the torture this person was putting herself through she said something like okay so if I buy your inulin um and I add it in my coffee and I add five grams of inulin which is about 27.5 grams of fiber and then I eat a cookie that has 30 grams of carbs then I'll be doing 
30 grams minus the 25.50 grams of fiber, and I'll only have eaten five grams of carbs altogether. And I was like, what? That sounds like a headache of an equation and the square root of bullshit. If I wanted to add shit up, I'd be a fucking accountant. Give me a break. I'm sure that those calculations get your nerves rubbing you the wrong way and get your cortisol level to like go through the roof. And that's probably what's making you getting fatter. Definitely not the add of carbs in your cookie. Girl, if you don't want the carbs from your cookie, don't need the cookie, but don't go add fiber to just deduct from the carbs and the macros and whatever other bullshit. By the way, what's macro? If any of you know, and you have like an easy explanation that would make sense why we're even talking about it, please send me a message and let me know. Well, you know what? Don't. I don't really want to know. All I know is eat real food. Don't supplement. It may sound strange because I do count on inulin for extra fiber, and I'll explain why. But in the meantime, I also keep on reminding you that anything that has packaging is not nutritious. Get your nutrition from real food. You want fiber, you want omegas, you want protein, get it from your food. Now, that doesn't mean you get to have all you want and that doesn't mean you get to eat a whole cow. No, they are portion sizes. But let me tell you how it works the French way. We don't walk around with a scale. I definitely have never weighed, weighed my food ever and I never will. I don't even weigh myself, but that's another conversation. I've written a newsletter about that, how the scale lies and doesn't tell the whole story. I also spoke about it on my first uh, interview with the Skinny Confidential, and it was like a, a uh, an interview on, not on the podcast, but on the website. Uh, it was a pretty good one, actually. Um, so we won't talk about the scale right now. What I want to talk about is your calculations and walking around with a scale to weight your food. And I don't know how many grams I eat a day. Do you? Like, and why do you? All I know is, a French plate is not very big, so it's already diminishing your portion size. But the bottom line is if you have a big plate and you put a small portion in it, the satisfaction effect is not the same. So this, the French, their china, their platters are smaller. So you take a small plate and you put a piece of chicken the size of your hand and you put some peas, the portion size of your hand and then you put another portion of let's say string beans that plate looks pretty full and just by looking at it magically you feel extremely satisfied and satiated if you know you're going to get to finish that plate so it's kind of all relative to proportions in the states everything is big i've never seen potato chips bags so big in my life they're bigger than my head that is crazy. In France, potato chips bags are so small. They're the size of your hand. And by the time you open them and you got the air out, you have a handful of potato chips. And let me tell you, a handful of potato chips is not very much and is definitely not going to affect your weight. And it's definitely not worthy of the guilt factor. The guilt factor is so bad for you. What are you feeling guilty about? Just eat the damn freaking food. Another thing, salad is not food. 
salad is not me is not a whole meal. Salad is something that in France you eat usually after a heavy plat de resistance main course to digest. So I hate when people actually put on Instagram their lunch and it's a salad. A freaking salad, seriously. If I wanted to chew salad as my meal, I'd be a cow. You need to be eating real food. This is why your cortisol level goes up because you're looking at freaking salad. That's not satisfying when you'd much rather have a burger. But if I serve you a nice piece of chicken with some Moroccan spices and kebab spices and I slice it well and I uh, lather it with a little bit of basil to add some green on it and I put some yummy beautiful, vibrant veggies on the side, then let me tell you, you're not going to be thinking about that burger much longer. You won't even be thinking of adding ketchup because it's so delicious and it's spiced up and it has savor. Guys, you've got to simplify it. Think simple, 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 simple. I feel like it's, it's, kind of telling people like reclaim your mind and how you feel about food you know put away all these books and diet books you've been reading about and those crazy recipes constantly constantly telling you not to eat this and eat that it's not about that it's not what you eat it's how you eat it and how you feel about it first so that being said I've been talking about this so much. There's a very, very brilliant guy that did a survey and he told a bunch of Americans, what are you thinking about if I show you a slice of chocolate cake? And the Americans across the board answered guilt. He showed the same slice of chocolate cake to the French and they associated it with celebration. Let me tell you, people, I prefer to be on the celebration side. You need to be looking at your food differently if you want to shrink your midsection. Now, please be nice and easy to me. This was my first ever podcast. I did it all by myself. I'm a little bit stage frightened. I do want to feedback. Um, I'm going to get better at this for sure, for sure. So, You might want to stay tuned in and don't give up on me just yet. I'll be giving you a little bit more of my tips, point of view and outlook on life. And maybe, just maybe, can you become an anti-dieter, happy, fucking chic gangster with a great lifestyle like me? Thank you so much for listening. Please send me some feedback via my Instagram. You can find me at Ingrid Delamar Kenny on Instagram. You can also visit my website, themethodmc.com, to either subscribe to the newsletter where you get free recipes and free flash workouts, no equipment needed. You can subscribe to the virtual platform to work out with me on a monthly basis, having access to videos that you can do on your own time in the comfort of your home, wherever you are. You can buy our equipment, we ship it to the United States, and you can And you can also buy inulin. Like you've heard, it's pure fiber from artichoke root, Jerusalem artichoke root. It is called 
Simply Inulin by the method Tabati. You can find it on our website. We ship it to the United States. And if you're in the mood for some fun bling, we're also selling the Inulin shot necklace. So they are a little bit see-through and you can see the white powder. Do you get what I'm saying? It's looking kind of suspicious, but all it is is loving your body from within with some chic, gangster chic jewelry. We have them in rose gold, white gold, black gold, and yellow gold. You can have your pick and go through um, airport insecurity, as one of my friends called it. It's pretty funny, actually. Um, I wore uh, mine to travel with Gilles and go to the airport in Prague, and he was completely freaked out. He thought that security was going to surround us and stop us and try to, um, you know, take a sample of that white powder to check what it is. But I find it pretty funny, and it's kind of sending the right message that you know, inulin and loving your body from within and, you know, taking care of your gut is the new dope. That being said, I wish you a marvelous day wherever you are. And please send me your feedback. Don't forget, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this podcast. And like I said, six months from now, we'll be listening to this one thinking it was so ridiculously bad and unprofessional. I'm totally aware. Bye, guys. Lots of love from Monaco.